What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Helbeck, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you wanna try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are gonna provide actionable, tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. So on the last podcast, we talked about modular construction homes. And now we're going to actually talk about if you didn't want to do a modular home, if you wanted to do a regular stick built property, there's a different process for that. There's benefits, there's drawbacks. Michael, you know more about this than I do, but you've done more land deals than I have. We really should bring Jeremiah on for this because he's done more than both of us. But, but anyway, let's talk about the new construction process when it's not modular in New York, specifically in Long Island and the Hudson Valley. Okay. I mean, the, 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 it really depends on the municipality. Some places are easy to get a building permit. Most places take a long time because, you know, the municipalities want money and the municipalities do that under the guise of we have to be safe and you need to get a insulation inspection, things like that. But there are, there are places that are super restrictive and there are places that are much easier, even within New York state. Um, but the process usually starts with getting a building permit, and that can take a year in some places, and that can take a month in other places. But the truth is, even before that, you need to get the plans done. Apply for the building permit, you need to have the plans of what you're going to build. You need to have a site plan that shows where on the property that house is going to be placed, because there are zoning laws everywhere about you know front yard setbacks, side yard setbacks, where the property has to be placed. So that's really step one. You got you got to spend soft costs on an architect and on someone. I mean, in my situation, very often I have to figure, I have to spend money to even figure out if I can build what I want to build. I, I spent two hours today in the in the town of Huntington, seeing if I can build on this lot, and then I had to go to the, the Suffolk County Department of Public Health to see if they'll give me a, a permit to put a septic thing, and I'm not even sure if they will. It's like this is a lot of bullshit, but that's the way it works. So you, that's really the step before. Right? You know, sellers call all the time. They're like, well, you can definitely build a, another house here, or you can build a house here, and like they don't know. And they don't want to be honest, but there's a, there's a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of legwork to see if you can build something there. Now, if there is a house there, you're almost always going to be allowed to build another house there. But if it's bigger, you know, it might, it might infringe on some of the zoning requirements and you may need a variance. And let's talk about what a variance is because variance is a freaking nightmare. It's like a bad, bad thing. So anytime you're going to build something, it doesn't meet the zoning requirements. So if I want to build a two family where I'm only allowed to build a one family, if I want to build a house that's five feet from my neighbor when I'm when I'm supposed to have 10 feet from my neighbor, or I want to build a house that's 2,500 square feet when I'm only allowed to build 2,000 square feet, I need to get a variance. Get it, the variance process is a big pain in the ass. The problem isn't that it's a big pain in the ass. The problem is you may not get it. You think you'll get it, but you won't. So I, I've applied for many variances in my days, and I've been denied many times, and I've gotten approved sometimes. But the process usually requires you to, to submit a building, an application for what you want to build, to get rejected for the following reasons. And then to get uh, an appointment to go in front of the Board of Zoning Appeals or the Zoning Board of Appeals, or depending on what they call it. And to, in order to go there, you need to usually get a radius map, which means you need to have a service, draw a radius of between one, some places are 100 feet, some places are 200 feet, some places are 300 feet, any property that's near your subject property. And you need to inform all those people that there's going to be a, a hearing in front of the 
BZA or ZBA, and you need to go there and make your case as to why they should grant you this variance. And very often, neighbors are going to come and say no, for no reason whatsoever. I mean, I, I did one in, in town of Hempstead where, I mean, literally every single house there, the minimum in town of Hempstead is usually 6,000 6, square feet, 60 feet of frontage with 100 feet deep. This was a 40, so this was, I bought an 80 foot wide property where every single 40 foot parcel there had a house in it. And then this house had one house on one side and nothing on the other side. And I mean, it was a no brainer. It took me two years to get it. The neighbors came and said, we feel it's gonna change the character of the neighborhood. Like change the character of the neighborhood. There's an empty lot there. Every single other lot there has a, has a house, but that's the kind of crap you gotta deal with. And eventually I got it approved and I, and I, and I sold it off, I didn't build. But it took two years. So you want to avoid getting a variance uh, if you can, if you can build it as of right, that's good. But again, so I said, if there's a house there, you can almost always build another house there, but it, it has to, if it's any bigger or if you move it at all, you could, you could trigger some kind of zoning violation and you would need a variance to get it. That's huge because when you can just build on something that's already there, it makes the process even easier. So especially if you're trying to put a bigger property on the same lot, because a lot of the like the building lots are like you can only build a three thousand square foot house, but if it doesn't make sense to do that, you can only build a five thousand square foot house. You have to then find a way you to got, get that. You gotta get a variance, and again, variance. besides the fact that a variance is costly, right? It can cost sometimes fifteen thousand um, dollars in costs and fees. The problem is you, you just there's no there's no surety you're going to get it. Right? Ideally, in that situation, you'll go to contract on the property subject to approval. So you'll tell the seller, I think I, I don't want to buy it unless I can build on it. So well, let's go to contract. I'll put down some deposit. I'm not going to be required to close until the whatever board board says I can build on it. So I'm issued yeah. a, build, a building permit. So now let me go through the rest of the process and I want you to try to correct me if I'm wrong. So let's say you get all the soft cost plans, everything approved. You get your building permit to start the project. Step one, you'd pour the foundation. Step two, you'd frame the house. Step three, you'd probably put a roof and windows and rough plumbing, rough electric. Step four, you'd insulate and sheetrock the house. Well, no, there's a few steps before that. So okay, That's once fine. the exterior of the house is sheathed, which means it's closed, sometimes they'll put up, you know, like tie back wood and then wrap, and then they'll put some kind of vapor barrier around it. That's when the the fun stuff starts. The, everything you just said is super quick. You can't imagine how fast a good team can frame a house. It's unbelievable. How quick? But then everything everything that goes behind the walls is what's in, what is what happens then. So plumbing, electrical, insulation, as you said, HVAC, right? If you're running duct work. All that stuff is going behind the walls and you can't put the sheetrock up until all that stuff is behind the walls. And there's a lot of complication there. What I just said is a simple means, but like the plumber may find, you know, I, I can't, I can't go around this bend. There's some kind of problem. We got to drill a hole or that kind of thing. So uh, you can't putting up this, once the sheetrock goes up, it's usually pretty quick. It's in between the time that you sheet the outside of the house and the sheetrock that goes up is really where a lot of things take a long time and, get complicated and piss off a lot of people. So when you say she, so you, you frame the house, you put the roof on it, you put the windows in, and then you, you put the plywood and the house wrap around the property and then you would side it. And then you have a, basically a shell. So you don't need to side it, right? The, the siding can come anytime. Siding can be done last once that's done. The, once the house is sheathed, as we said, so it's got all the plywood and it's usually got a vapor barrier around it. At that point, they can start doing the, the, the trade work that I just said inside. So but that's really where things slow down, get complicated, and because things are sequential and they have to happen in a certain order, right? The plumber, you know, wants things to be open and wide, and then he looks at the plans and sees something that a pipe can't really go where you thought it could go. Mm, for some reason, you know, right? 
Electrical usually is pretty quick, but then, 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 and then, when, and then you don't, you don't want to put the insulation in between the two by fours either till all that stuff is done. And then if there's HVAC and they got to run duct work and sometimes they're running duct work and then the HVAC guy will come early and the plumbing guy goes, he ran a duct right where I have to run this pipe. That's the kind of thing where they, people bump into each other. That's what I, what I find. And that's the, the part, to me, that's the part that takes the longest, right? If somebody tells me that their house is already sheetrocked, I, I'm thinking it should move quickly. Now, now sometimes it can take a long time because they're ordering some tile that's coming in on a boat from Italy for their master bathroom or their kitchen. Those things can take time. But assuming you are not crazy about the things you do, sometimes the, you know, you're know putting it in an elevator. These, these, these things can take a long time. But somebody tells me the house is sheetrock and, and I know that they're not nuts or if they've ordered their stuff way in advance, which they should have, then usually it's, it's, it's a, it should be a pretty quick job to at least where they can move in. It may not be finished. It may be punchless things, items. But after you put the sheetrock up, it's really just to rehab flooring. Yeah, flooring. Kitchen, kitchens, bathrooms. And, kitchens and bathrooms. When we say plumbing, it's the rough plumbing's in. So the bathtubs are in. All the plumbing's behind the walls. Knobs for the shower aren't on, but you you own those because you bought the shower body that goes behind the wall. So like everything else should be relatively easy. Sure. I, I know on upper higher level houses, there's always some kind of thing where you know you screwed up and you missed a box of tile and you got to match it perfectly. So you found one box of tile that's in uh, Malaysia and you got to get it, but 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 you know you can move into that house before that last piece of tile is up there. Kind of you should ask Jeremiah about this East Hampton house. Tell him, ask him about that experience. He's like, it's a great deal, but it's driving him crazy with the, this. The, I know. The, I mean, it was it's a big it's a big big project. It's taking a long time. Project. Yeah, three and a half four million dollar house. So let, let's say you get this project done, you get the thing sheet rocked, you finish the house. It's a, once you have closed the walls up, it's a rehab. What what would you assume? And let's just, let's try, like, we're talking about a normal house that's 3,000 square feet that's going to sell for $800,000, maybe $900,000, not under a million. What do you think the rough, like, all-in hard cost is to build a property? Because it's a lot different than rehabbing because there's a lot of external things. Like, we can do it per square foot, rough estimate, about 300 bucks a foot, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's usually about that. Uh, on stick built, that's what it's going to come out to. That's 900 grand if you're building a 3,000 square foot house. And that depends. And that depends on the finish. First of all, 3,000 square feet is a pretty big house, right? It's bigger than most houses that I do. I'd say 2,000, 2,200 is probably more in the realm of what you're going to do. But you yeah, can't build three, new in Long Island if it's not going to sell for at least a million dollars because it doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, it depends what you get the land for and it depends yeah. what you're going to build and it depends where, right? There are places where you, you're not, you're not going to do that. But, you know, costs have gone up a lot, right? You used to be able to build 200 a square foot without a problem. The last 10 years, costs have really keep creeping up. Labor costs have gone up. All these things go into it and it's expensive. I know a guy who builds, builds high-end houses and he's saying that it's, you know, he's discouraged because his costs to build are so much higher than he used to, than he used to estimate. But yeah, I, I would say I mean, it's going to be a minimum of 300 square feet if you're going to sell a house for a million dollars. It's probably going to be more. And really it completely... It can depend on your finishes. You can, you can, you know, you can spend eighty thousand dollars on 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 appliances, and you can spend five thousand dollars on appliances. I mean, that's going to affect your per square foot cost significantly. Just on kitchen appliances can make a huge difference. So, if you're building a three four million dollar house, you're gonna, you might spend, you know, forty fifty grand on appliances without blinking an eye. You know, sub zero fridge and a Viking stove. Yeah, Viking. Those are those are a fortune. I mean, there's a huge huge range of what you can spend. Yeah. Like the luxury is obviously different because there's custom stuff. Like I'm talking like your typical house, you know, you're putting in nice stuff, but you're not putting in tile from Italy. 
you're probably looking at about 300, 250 to 300 a foot. Yeah. I, I listen, you, you, if you're going to build a cell, you, you want to be, you want to be um, closer to 250, right? Yeah. So you can build a 2000 square foot house for 500 grand. You buy that land for 300,000 and you sell it for a million, you'll make a little bit of money. I'd say there's more 2000 square foot homes being built than there are 3000 square foot homes. 2000 yeah. square foot is pretty decent size for these days. But again, if you're building a 3000 square foot home and spending $900,000 on it, you better be selling it for one. That's the thing with the new construction. So like, I'll give you an example there. I was talking with my SEO guy today. He moved to Texas and his name's Keith. And he was like, basically saying like, you can buy a new construction home for 400 grand in Texas. And I'm like, how the hell could someone even use it? Yeah, how could they you build a house for like anything less than it doesn't they make build any cheaper. They, they have, they do cheaper labor and they, that's just what goes on there. Like, oh uh, my God. there's an Orthodox Jewish community in Houston where you can buy, you know, you can buy a freaking mansion for 600 grand in Houston, but it's not like that in Dallas In Dallas, that same house will be a million, a million one. It'll be more Houston. I was shocked at the affordability of Houston. It really is an amazing place to go if you want affordability, but then there's new construction in other places that'll, you know, that'll be 250. I, I don't know how they do it either. I, I think it's just, it's just what's assumed. Now it may be lower quality, but the, I, I assume labor costs are a big part of it also. And you're probably getting the land for nothing. You're probably getting the land for 15, 20 grand. You can't, cause you can't make that work. Cause you have to practically get the land for free. That's why a lot of like lot splits make sense. Cause if you can buy a house for market value and split the lot, you get two lots for the price of one. And then you 100%, have absolutely. You have and that's where people don't understand, like in our area, like there's so many opportunities in Westchester and Long Island where if you really know the market well and you can split a lot or, you know, you know the values in the land, you can make a lot of money, even just wholesaling these properties. Because a lot of builders don't go direct to seller. They're using agents. They're going on the market. They're looking at stuff. So you really, if you can under, I feel like this is like real estate investing 2.0 because I think the beginner, this is more like not for them because they can't even make a cold call. But when you really know your market, like this, this would be tough to do at scale nationally. But if you really know your local market and you know, oh, this guy builds properties, he sells them for three and a half, he pays about a million for the dirt. Like you can pay a seller more than every other. Correct. If you know what you're And I would say for anybody new that's thinking they can figure this out, do not believe anything that the person trying to sell you the house is going to tell you because they are not going to tell you the the, the truth. I mean, maybe some will, but I found that it's always exaggerated where it just makes no sense. Oh, you can build for a hundred dollars square foot and you can sell it for $2 yeah, million. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Rough costs. So, and I've I've had students call me many times where they've said, you know, this guy told me that it only needs forty thousand dollars worth of work and it's worth eight hundred thousand. I go, I still look at the pictures, I go, it needs eighty thousand dollars worth of work and it's worth six hundred thousand. That guy's not telling you the truth. He's not telling so you. people have to know every I would say trust but verify, but don't even trust, don't trust anyone. Just verify. Just verify. So, so let me let me give everyone some practical areas on where you can do this. If you're listening locally, I'm going to give you some actual like areas where this will work. So let's talk about the Hudson Valley first. Orange County, you can do this in like Goshen, Warwick, Monroe, Middletown. It's not easy because it's too it's not as expensive. Uh, Cornwall, you can do this. You can do this in New Windsor if you're selling colonial houses. If you're in Westchester, you can do this. Lower Westchester, you can do this everywhere. Rye, Scarsdale, Maranac. Larchmont, like these are million dollar plus plus areas, Yonkers in some areas. If you're in Rockland County, it's kind of like purgatory there because it's expensive, but it's not like $4 million home expensive unless you're on the water. So in Rockland, it's it's a little tricky because you're, you could do this in certain areas, but you have to get the land really cheap because you're probably only going to sell a normal house for 900 grand, maybe a million bucks. And that's like 3000 square feet plus. So 
you know, Westchester, I would say in the Hudson Valley is this is where it's going to be more successful. In Orange County, there's just the land is cheaper, so it's easier to do this. Sullivan County, I have a friend who's doing this, you know, pretty extensively. What about Long Island? It works in most places. You want to stay away from the lower end areas. So what would that said, be? What would an example of that be if someone's like living, they don't know Long Island too well? I mean, most of them are Suffolk County. So why and just some parts of Bellport, you got to be careful. Mastic and Shirley. But even as I say that, there are parts of those areas. A lot of them have water or waterfront where you can make money if you get a waterfront lot. So what, what's what's important is when you, if you're looking at something like this, you really have to look at what new construction is going for, comparable new construction. And that's, sometimes that's going to be significantly more than what a what a decent house, even an ARV house, is going to go absolutely. for. There are people who only want new construction. There are plenty of people who only want something where they feel like they're not going to have to do a thing to it. So you need to really comp it out based on that. Do not comp it out based on what houses are going for. That's a mistake I see people make all the time. And I see people making mistakes with the other way around, where they, well, they'll show me a comp and I'll go, that's new construction. You cannot use that as a comp for a house that you're going to renovate. It's not the same. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a skill to see. And really, if you're smart, you look at what new construction sells for, and then you can look back and see what the builders paid for the lot. That's that cool. will give you a much better that's idea awesome. of what the builders pay for a lot. The problem is that sometimes those are, a year a year ago or two years ago things might have changed right i can tell you plenty of built you know builders got really lucky and that they built slow and the value went up and they got more money for it that, that's a, that's something i do all the time if i'm looking for what a lot is worth and i don't want to build on it i'll find the new construction and i'll back in i'll see what they paid for it that makes sense let me ask you this and then we'll start to wrap the show up in most areas in nassau county can you do this on can you do the knockdown rebuild or is that not that popular in Nassau like let's say in a random town let's say like Jericho I'm just pulling that out I mean that's a nice area so Jericho is a super high end area it's one of the top school districts in the country you can do it if you can again if you can buy the property at a deep enough discount because a nice house in Jericho could go for one and a half two million dollars okay so that would work yeah it's always it's always a function of what you're buying the property for right it's it's you know if you could buy it at a significant discount it could work there are a lot of parts of Long Island where there are, I mean, there's, there's, there's some of the highest zip codes in the country are, are in Long Island also, Muttontown, Upper Brookville, and weird places that have, you know, 500 houses in them because the houses are three acres of, of each. Right? Yeah, you can make a lot of money there. But you've got to understand there's only so many people that are going to spend three, four million dollars for a house. So the days on market are significant. Right? You got to find that one, that one prince when, when a lot of people are just not going to, not going to look at it. But, you know, there are people that only operate in that space and they, they you know, and they, and they do fine. But there's a lot of areas in Long Island where, where it can work. An area that's been doing a lot of it I see lately is Plainview and Merrick. That's what I was just going to say. Naman has done this before. Plainview and Merrick where there's a lot of older, cruddy ranches that as is are not worth a lot. I did a few of them where I sold it to a builder who you know is going to sell something for a million and a half bucks. Because new construction could go for that in areas like Plainview, Merrick. There are other areas too. There's, I'm not coming, to, not coming to mind right now. But Plainview and Merrick, it happens a lot. So let me ask you this about Plainview. Let's let's just use a quick case study. It doesn't have to be an actual deal. Let's say the average shitty value of a Plainview ranch that's on a regular lot, normal house. Let's call that as is value four hundred and fifty grand if it's fucked up. Can you pay that seller five hundred wholesale it for five forty? The builder buys it for five forty, and then he's selling at one point five, and he's got a nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars spread. Can he make money? Yeah, yeah, I think they can. I think a lot of these guys are building for five, six hundred thousand dollars. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not going to build a three thousand square foot house. They'll build a twenty two hundred square foot house, and it'll sell for that build, much there. And it'll, it could sell for one and a half. Wow. 
That's really good. Or 1.3, and you know, but they're only spending 500, so they're spending you five. Yeah, right. If they put 500 into the build and they're paying you and they're paying 500 for the land, they can sell it for 1.3 because some for some guys it's enough of a spread. For some guys, they got spooked, right? Last summer scared the the end of last summer scared the crap out of a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And the truth, and here's the truth. The truth is that the the rise in interest rates has reduced demand for the higher end homes, right? These are higher end homes, so only for over a million dollars. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't a guy who was looking to spend two million who now will buy a house for one point three, right? It's all I, I what I've seen and people have I don't know why people aren't talking about this, but what what I've seen is that people that were looking for X price last summer and and were hoping to get it for a three percent interest rate now at seven percent interest rate they're not not looking to buy a house they've just adjusted their expectations down right and luckily for me most of my houses are are, are in the five six seven hundred thousand dollars. So these guys, I speak to them sometimes, like we wanted a million dollar house, but now that it's another $1,500 a month, we're going to buy a $700,000 house. That's great. I'm fine with that. So, so, so it's still, it's still going on, but a lot of builders and a lot of the cash buyers, I know you at the end of last summer, people got spooked because they just didn't, you know, there was so much on the media about rising interest rates. People thought rates were going to go to 20%. Yeah. Yeah. That's new construction in a nutshell, everybody. I hope you got value. Take care.